C L U T C H. The New Jersey Devils scored back to back goals in a matter of seven seconds, late in period number three, to squeak out the victory against the red hot Edmonton Oilers, one of the best offenses in the entire NHL, not to mention having one of the best players to ever play the game. Well, I guess we can make room for Jesper Bratt now, but uh, that's just a little inside joke. Lots to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Five-game win streak. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play-by-play announcer, and also Dell's writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Can you say clutch for the New Jersey Devils? This was already a test for them, but as the game progressed, it just became a bigger test for them. What do I mean by that? I'll talk about that momentarily, but first, let's talk about some streaks that were broken and some streaks that carry on. So the New Jersey Devils have extended their win streak to five games. They snapped the Edmonton Oilers' five-game win streak. And also, congratulations to Jesper Bratt. He has now recorded a point in 11 straight games to open up a season. He now has a franchise record. In the last game against the Vancouver Canucks, he tied it, but now he broke it. And once again, can you say clutch? Because he got the game-winning goal. That was his first point of the game. I was like, you know what? I don't think Jesper Bratt's going to get the record, but seven seconds after Ryan Graves got his game-tying goal, I was I was just jumping up and down. I was just like, I can't believe what I just saw. The New Jersey Devils are now the We Believe Devils. We are the We Believe Devils because no one had this kind of expectations for us going into the season. We're legitimate. If you look at the NHL's top 16 ranking, the New Jersey Devils finally cracked it after being not ranked to begin the season. So this is just amazing that the New Jersey Devils went into Edmonton, a red-hot team, a team that was once again on a five-game win streak, and the Devils, down two goals going into the final period of regulation, were able to score three unanswered goals and basically just put their foot on the gas pedal because they wanted it more. Now, I'll talk about that momentarily in greater uh, detail, but once again, let's continue with the streaks. So the power play streaks for New Jersey Devils, I really thought they could extend it in this game because – after the Vancouver Canucks game, they recorded a power play goal in four straight matches. But unfortunately, this time around, the Devils weren't able to get anything going on the power play. Seemed like their execution was somewhat there. But the Edmonton Oilers, they're just a feisty team. And rightfully so, because they're one of the best teams in the NHL. And th- like I said, that was just a test for New Jersey Devils. And I just have a question for the overall game planning for the Devils on the power play. So I love the first unit of power play for the New Jersey Devils. Like, I love Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, Dougie Hamilton, all of them out on the power play for the Devils. But the second unit, I have no faith whatsoever. And I just have the question, why can't Yegor Sharangovich play on the second unit just to give them some sort of offensive spark? Because the difference is night and day. So that was to be expected because you can't be so top-heavy. Remember in the last episode and also during the course of the offseason, I said one of the issues I had for New Jersey Devils is that they were a little too top-heavy. 
spread it out a little bit more. So that way you have options up and down your lineup. So five on five, the New Jersey Devils are doing a phenomenal job. Once again, the BMW line was able to contribute. Miles Wood was able to rack up two goals. We saw just, once again, the contribution up and down the lineup and not being so top heavy, but it needs to change on the power play as well if the Devils really want to have a legitimate chance of making a run for the playoffs. We're not at that stage yet, but I'm just saying you might want to make that adjustment early while you notice it because as you progress later into the season, might be a little hard. Otherwise, you kind of break up your rhythm. But overall, this was just a fantastic game for the Devils. I'm stunned. I'm in disbelief. I think this is the New Jersey Devils' best game of the year so far. And it's I, I know I, I've said it like three or so times after like I said it after the Columbus Blue Jackets game when we embarrassed Johnny Goodrow. We were able to drop seven goals against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I said when we defeated the reigning Stanley Cup champions, shut them out one to nothing. I said that was the best game of the year. I said against the New York Islanders because the Devils play collectively as a unit. But you guys got to know the overall narrative, which is I just said going into the matchup, the Devils, I, even though they had the exact same record as the Edmonton Oilers, I don't think they were the favorites to win this game because you're going against one of the best players to ever play the game in Connor McDavid. And you also have Leon Dreisaitl. So that was a huge factor. And it just seemed like in period number one, the New Jersey Devils, they did come out with some good energy. I said it in the last recap episode uh, when I was breaking down the win over the Vancouver Canucks. I said that the New Jersey Devils just didn't come out with that same sense of urgency that we've been so accustomed to seeing throughout the entirety of the season. That was to be expected. They can't maintain it all 82 games. So it was bound to happen. But I said if it was to happen against a team like the, like, like the Vancouver Canucks, you could probably get away with it. But against the Edmonton Oilers, you need to go 100% because we saw it in period number one. The Edmonton Oilers will capitalize on every mistake that you make, or at the very least, they're going to threaten. So in period number one, how did Connor McDavid get the first goal of the game? Well, Jesper Bratt had a wide open opportunity to try to score the, the, the puck, but instead of electing to shoot it, like he decided to drop it on back and that resulted in a turnover, two on one. Connor McDavid, he, he can make those in his sleep. And unfortunately, Mackenzie Blackwood was just left out to dry. E even though that Connor McDavid did score in that sort of circumstance, I still think the New Jersey Devils did a pretty decent job at neutralizing him. And I'll talk about that a little later in the episode. But uh, right then and there, I was just like, okay, that cannot happen. I love the energy. I love that the New Jersey Devils are getting a lot of shots on goal. And by the way, there's another streak that was broken, uh, unfortunately, against the New Jersey Devils because – Going into this matchup, the New Jersey Devils had not allowed no more than 25 shots on goal the entirety of the season. Unfortunately, in this game against the Edmonton Oilers, they allowed 37. That was bound to happen because Edmonton has one of the best offenses in the entire league. And you know what? I'll take a win all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. But back to the recap, I was just like, okay, the New Jersey Devils, they need to tie it or they, they at least have to have some sort of momentum going into the second intermission. And then Miles Wood, the BMW line, Bastion McLeod working together once again. They've been hot since October 24th. Miles Wood was able to tie the game. I was just like, okay, I, I love the overall effort from the New Jersey Devils because quite honestly, if this were to happen like last year or a few years prior to that, the New Jersey Devils would already be down on themselves because unless the New Jersey Devils scored the first goal of the game, they usually just gave up on themselves. But not this time. It seems like the New Jersey Devils, despite not playing their best brand of hockey, they always find a way to just make it competitive and they find a way to try to nudge a victory. So this was an example of they got off to a pretty good start, but unfortunately the Edmonton Oilers were just playing a little bit better than them. 
And unfortunately, that's just the name of the game, especially when you have players like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl on your roster. And the New Jersey Devils, this was already a test for them. But as the game progressed, it became a bigger test for them. So in period number two, Mackenzie Blackwood got hurt. Now, we don't know what the injury is at the time of this recording. They still haven't released anything. Based on uh, my perspective, it looked like that the puck hit one of his ankles. It looked like it was his left ankle. So I don't think it – because if I recall correctly, didn't he have issues with, with his right ankle last year? So uh, I hope that's, that's just uh, his stronger ankle. But Bill Spaulding said on air that Mackenzie Blackwood went into the split, so it could be a groin injury. He could have pulled something. But like I said, I have no update for Mackenzie Blackwood. So nonetheless, Mackenzie Blackwood was down on the ground. Uh, during the course of period number two, he had to be helped off the rink. And then Vitek Vancek had to check in at the worst possible moment because the Edmonton Oilers were in the power play. And the first shot they got on Vitek Vancek resulted in a power play goal. So the overall name of the game this season for the New Jersey Devils is how do they respond to adversity? And we'll talk more about that momentarily. But first, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning. It comes from our friends at Simply Safe. Did, did you know that over the holidays, Property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally. No, that does not just happen in Home Alone. That's why our friends at Simply Safe Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater place of just feeling safe. So here's the thing. I love using Simply Safe because, like I said, around the holidays, I like to buy some nice gifts for my family, and I don't want that stolen at any possible moment. So in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so they could get to your priority right away and the police are there in action. So don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is the biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. Don't hesitate. That's simplysafe.com slash NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, so for this segment, we're talking about challenges for New Jersey Devils. So they're down three to one in period number two. It seemed like things were just spiraling out of control. Looked like VTech Banchek. Look, it, that wasn't Banchek's fault. He's coming in cold. He's not warmed up. So the Edmonton Oilers sticks are sure as hell warmed up because they were getting a lot of shots on goal on the New Jersey Devils. Ryan Graves was not having a good game because he was making some costly turnovers. So in period number three, we saw less of Ryan Graves and we also saw less of Brendan Smith in that aspect as well because they weren't really holding their weight on defense and it just didn't seem like they, they were executing the passes either. So that was kind of a rough game for them, but everyone loves a good redemptive story. So once again, I'll get to that momentarily, but after a period number two, I think the New Jersey Devils did a decent job of weathering the storm because it's just like, okay, they're down three to one. Here's what needs to happen. They cannot allow a goal. That's the no-duh thing because I felt as though going into period number three, if the Edmonton Oilers score again, they're going to win this game because the New Jersey Devils, they're not going to score three straight goals on the Oilers in such a short amount of time. You want to capitalize as soon as you can. I always say on this show, strike while the iron is hot. And that's what the New Jersey Devils did. So shout out to Miles Wood getting his second goal of the game early on in period number three, not even two minutes in. So once Miles Wood got that goal, I was just like, okay, 
this is going to probably work. And also, what did what did the New Jersey Devils do? They changed up their line combinations a little bit. So who did you see Miles Wood paired alongside with since he had the hot hand? He was paired alongside with Eric Halla. He was paired alongside with Fabian Zetterlin. You saw, once again, less of Brendan Smith and Ryan Graves because they weren't having good games. All hands were needed in order to make this effective. And what do I mean by all hands on deck? Well, early on in the episode, I said that despite Connor McDavid scoring early on in period number one, I think the New Jersey Devils did a great job at neutralizing him the best to their ability. So instead of relying solely on John Marino to get the job done on the defensive end for the Devils, it was a team effort. At one point, I saw three defensemen right in front of Connor McDavid, so that way he couldn't try to do any of his sweet maneuvers to get past him and reach Vitek Vanacek. At one point, I saw Connor McDavid try to shove John Marino, and John Marino just basically brushed it off and acted like it was nothing, stood tall, didn't stumble, didn't do anything. He just continued to pass the puck to neutral ice. And Or I saw Jonas Siegenthaler teaming up with Dougie Hamilton or John Marino, whatever the case might be, to try to knock the puck away from Connor McDavid or just try to smother him so that way he can't have any breathing room to try to get the goal off. I think if anyone had the chance to basically expose the New Jersey Devils, I think it was Leon Dreisaitl because the name of the game was try to stop Connor McDavid. And I think the New Jersey Devils did a phenomenal job in that aspect. Yes, he did score, but I think the New Jersey Devils did well at rebounding to try to stop one of the best players to ever play the game. And that's what had to happen if the Devils wanted to come out or come away with the win. Now, here comes period number three. Once again, I talked about Miles Wood scoring for the Devils to make this a three to two game. And I was just like, okay, this could possibly work for New Jersey Devils. That could uh, really help them get some sort of momentum. And what did the New Jersey Devils do? They flipped a switch once again. So I talked about in the last game against the Vancouver Canucks. Remember when Miles Wood got into that scuffle with Luke Shen and that basically lit a fire underneath them to get things going? This is why Miles Wood was dearly missed last year. We were missing that spark plug player. And I think Miles Wood is very underrated. He's definitely being more appreciated now just because of what he's been able to do the last few games alongside with Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastian. But remember what I said during the course of last season, who was that person who was going to spark the New Jersey Devils? Who was going to be that energy guy? And it was Miles Wood. Miles Wood had two goals this game and he was feeling it. He was looking for the hat trick in period number three. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get it, but Miles Wood, one of the three stars of the game. So because we don't win without his energy because he was the one who tied the game in period number one. He was the one who struck new life for the New Jersey Devils to begin period number three. And then you saw the New Jersey Devils get more shots on goal during the course of period number three. They were sustaining that offensive pressure, which makes them so dangerous. Going into this game, the Edmonton Oilers were talking about how much they worry about how fast the New Jersey Devils run and gun because that's what the Devils are trying to do this season. That's their identity. They're going to try to run you out the building so that way they can sustain that offensive pressure to try to score a goal on you. And I talked about high praise coming from the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, when Nathan McKinnon, he said something similar in that regards. The Edmonton Oilers are well aware of that too. So the New Jersey Devils just stuck to the roots. They stuck to their guns. And then as the game progressed in period number three, I was just like, okay, I'm sensing that the New Jersey Devils are going to score. I just feel it. I know they can do it. They just need to get one goal. And if they go into OT and come away with a point and lose in that in OT or shootout, whatever the case might be, 
I would have been cool with that just because I'm like, let's walk away with something because we've worked way too hard to walk away with nothing. And this was also another test for New Jersey Devils because if you look at our previous three losses, we lost to the Philadelphia Flyers 5-2. to We lost to Detroit, Detroit Red Wings 5-2. to We lost to the Washington Capitals 6-3. to For the first time this season, the Devils were down late in the game, but they were still within striking distance. So how do they respond to adversity? Like I mentioned about Mackenzie Blackwood going down, Vitek Vanacek having to come in at the wrong possible time during the course of the power play. How do, do the New Jersey Devils respond to that? Because once again, the second period wasn't really their friend, and it seemed like everything was going to spiral out of control. Or what do you do when you're down by a goal, you're getting more shots on goal, and but you can't seem to find the back of the net? What do you do? You go to Ryan. Look at what Ryan Graves was able to do. He redeemed himself because I said early on in the episode, he had a rough game. And they acknowledged it on air. And they also mentioned the fact that you saw less of Ryan Graves in period number three just because he was struggling and you can't afford any mistakes. But Ryan Graves didn't take it personal. He was able to get the game-tying goal. And then seven seconds later, which, by the way, I believe is a new franchise record for in-between goals, Jesper Bratt was able to extend his point streak to 11 games. Can you say clutch once again? Jesper Bratt coming up big for New Jersey Devils. That is why he is one of the uh, big three members for the Devils. And who got the assist? John Marino. Nico Heischer, which, by the way, Nico Heischer deserves a lot more credit in this game because he was setting up his teammates really well. One of the things I've been raving about Nico Heischer is that no one knows his team better than him. He's setting up his teammates. He's creating opportunities for himself and others. But unfortunately, it wasn't able to result in more goals or assists. But the fact that he's doing this against one of the best teams in the NHL, I'm excited to see how much further Nico Heischer can take his game. He is a star, guys, and he still can become a superstar. I know he might be a late bloomer, but I haven't lost hope in that regards. Uh, some of my colleagues were saying, like, Nico Heischer and superstar, that ship has sailed because, you know, superstars don't really bloom this late. But I was just like, no, give it a chance because last season he had his best performance points-wise. And then the past couple seasons, COVID hasn't really helped in that regard. And he also had to deal with injuries. You give him a chance, and I think he can still become a late bloomer in terms of becoming a superstar because he's already been an all-star. So they just said he could be just a, a, a decent contributor uh, for a top person like Jack Hughes or whatever the case might be. But this is Nico Heischer's team. And no one knows his team better than he does. And the fact that he's setting up his teammates, the fact that he's finding open shot opportunities, that was great to see. So Nico Heischer, even though it didn't show up in the score sheet as much as it should, he was creating the opportunities for New Jersey Devils. And I want to give credit where credit is due. And John Marino, fantastic job standing your ground. Jonas Siegenthaler, same way. Dougie Hamilton, same way. Brendan Smith and Ryan Graves, yeah, they had rough outings, but they'll redeem themselves. They'll, they'll bounce back and... Once again, guys, New Jersey Devils are on a five-game win streak. When was the last time the New Jersey Devils went on a five-game win streak? I think it came in December of 2017. So this team is different now. We just beat the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. We just beat one of the hottest teams in the NHL with one of the best players to ever play the game. And in the game against Washington Capitals, yes, I know the score sheet doesn't reflect it, but the New Jersey Devils actually played pretty well as far as the advanced analytics shows. So this game was 
phenomenal for your New Jersey Devils. And I know I'm probably going to eat my words once again, but I think this was the best game for New Jersey Devils just because of what it meant. Because they were on a four-game win streak. They were put to the test against a team that was eerily similar to them, but way more polished because they have two generational type talent and they were down three, one. And I always say the two goal lead is always the worst lead in hockey, but how do you redeem yourself? How do you bounce back? Your goalie goes down in period number two, you got to put in a cold goalie and he has to warm up quickly and he gives up a power play goal. First shot. You were able to get a goal in early period. Number three, that puts you down by just one. You were able to get more shots on goal. You were able to maintain that pressure. And then the New Jersey Devils came up clutch because I thought, I look, I predicted that they were going to get a goal because I was like, no way they played this good in period number three and don't come away with something. I was just like, tie the game, let it go to OT. And if we lose an OT, I'm cool with that. Walk away with it. Even if we lost in regulation, it was still a loss that you can't really complain about because they put their hearts on their sleeves. They they really worked hard for this one. Unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. But in but I, I'm glad I was wrong. And as soon as I was typing up Ryan Graves scores for New Jersey Devils on Twitter, Jesper Bratt got the game-winning goal. And I was just like, I was just jumping up and down. I was flabbergasted. So this is the best game of the year so far for New Jersey Devils. And I think they're legitimate. I think the Devils are here to stay. And I think they've done enough to prove it. Hopefully they can maintain it throughout the season. Look, guys, the New Jersey Devils are going to lose at some point. But I'm glad that they're on this five-game win streak. And I'm glad that they've beaten some tough teams to get those wins because no one can use the excuse saying, oh, the New Jersey Devils got easy wins against so-and-so team. Nope. Reigning champs and also one of the hottest teams in the NHL with the exact same record. So let's compare the stats. And I think you guys already know what letter grade I'm going to give the Devils since I just said it's their best game of the year. So shots on goal differential, 43 to 37 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 56% to 44% in favor of the Oilers. Power play, Devils were 0 for 3, and that was kind of disappointing to see considering the fact that the Oilers don't really have a good penalty kill, but the Oilers were just playing very feisty in that regard. So even though the Devils' uh, power play goal streak comes to an end tonight, I'm, I will much rather take the win streak, and I will take Jesper Bratt's franchise record of recording a point in 11 straight games to start the season. I'll take that any time, but – uh, even, even though the execution wasn't really there, they got to uh, just change up the game plan a little bit, maybe put Yegor Sharangovich on the second unit. Now, power play for the Oilers, one for two. We talked about how Vitek Vancek had to come in, and basically it was a golden opportunity for the Oilers to get a two-goal uh, lead. And then hits 27-24 to 24 in favor of the Oilers. Blocks 19-10 to 10 in favor of the Oilers. Giveaways 21-17 to 17 in favor of the Oilers. This game was just fast-paced, up and down, left and right. This was going at the at the pace of a NASCAR race. It, it was just amazing to see that the New Jersey Devils were competing with the Edmonton Oilers. You like you just like literally had to like look left, like look left, right, look left, right. Like like it, the speed of the game was just phenomenal, and I'm glad that the New Jersey Devils are using that as their identity. And they were fighting hard. They had to clean it up a little bit as the game progressed. But they came out with the win, and they get the two points. So this game for the New Jersey Devils, easy A, seriously, because backs against the wall, I, even though the Devils had the same record as the Oilers, I still think people were saying that the Oilers were probably the favorites to come out victorious because I think people would use the excuse saying that the Devils haven't really faced a team like the Oilers because they've been getting big-time wins against the Blue Jackets and the Canucks. But this was a overall great win for New Jersey. 
and I'm just so happy to see it. So five-game win streak. They have won eight of their last nine. First in the Metro. The Devils are on a roll, and hopefully they can maintain it. So let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, make sure to leave me a good review, and I will give you a shout-out in the next episode. And also hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4, at T-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T, and the number four in the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day in New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Hopefully we can extend it against the Calgary Flames. They're pretty middle of the pack, so we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening once again, guys.